If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Women Physicians Lead, hosted by Dr. Lisa Herbert, helps women physicians move from surviving to thriving in their personal and professional lives. Dr. Lisa shares leadership tips, burnout support, stress management strategies, and inspiration from women physicians who've made remarkable transitions into leadership roles. There's a fantastic episode that you should check out called Taking Care of Yourself During the Journey, about how women physicians can care for themselves while on their leadership journeys. Check out Women Physicians Lead on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Highway to Health. I'm Jeremy Quinby. This is episode 127 of the podcast. If you're new to the show, I want to welcome you. Highway to Health is your place for trusted health guidance and support. Whether you're looking to improve your health or just seeking ways to stay well, we're here for you. This growing community is on a mission to improve our state of being and experience together on the planet. So this is a topic today that I've been hoping to cover for a while. And through my relationship with the Upledger Institute in Florida, founded by one of my heroes in holistic care, Dr. John Upledger, I was able to be introduced to Ann Wister, who's been involved with dolphin-assisted therapy and seminars for nearly 20 years. My curiosity with this topic is to better understand the relationship between dolphins and humans and what we seek from healing partnerships in general. As human health practitioners, it's easy for our egos and desire to help others get in the way, especially in cases of chronic or terminal conditions where healing happens at its own pace and many times in ways that are beyond the scope of the traditional Western medical model. The idea that Dr. John Upledger came up with is for dolphins to lead the therapeutic experience. It's easy to believe as humans that we are superior and have investigative minds that can sort through all of the science and solve all of our own problems with it. Considering the state of life on the planet at the moment, I think we might be better served to listen more closely to nature and how it communicates so we might better understand the wisdom it offers, which Anne shares from her very unique experience in the water with dolphins. Please enjoy my conversation with Anne Wister. How long have you been practicing uh, craniosacral therapy? Um, 20 years. 20 since years. 2004. What did, what did you do previously? I was driving um, a 50-foot sailboat, actually. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> uh, in, uh, where, where, in Florida? Yeah. Okay. As, yeah. as, as part of what, crew, like um, uh, tours or something? or. Yeah, yeah. I'm a licensed captain, and we did dolphin watches and uh, sunset cruises and uh, things like that. G- golf side? Yes. Okay. Yeah, St. Petersburg. Okay. And and so what, what got you interested in, in craniosacral therapy? Well, <clears throat> I was going to go down to the British Virgin or the U.S. Virgin Islands to do week-long <clears throat> cruises. And a friend of mine said, oh, I just learned this. I just took this CEU and learned this uh, treatment, and I want to give you a treatment before you go. Mm -hmm. So I got a treatment, and 10 minutes into the treatment, my whole world shifted. It's like, oh, I I need to be doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Did did something happen on a personal level? Anything you can share? Um. It, it was just kind of an aha moment. I mean, it, it just sort of, I'd been looking for a way to treat. Um, one of my daughters was born eight weeks early and, you know, we had a lot of uh, issues. I I, un- I totally understand that. I, my, my daughter had meningitis at 12 days old, so... We wow. spent, you know, the first month in the in the hospital, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's she's in her forties now, so I did not have this work back then. Yeah. Um, but I'd always sort of had an eye open for, okay, what is out there that I can do to help people? Yeah. And so when I received this treatment, it just the light went on, and it was like, ah, here it is. Yeah, yeah. I I I really I. 
I, I got into this work partly because I had back problems when I was young. It really started mm -hmm. as a teenager, and then by my mid twenties, it was it was pretty bad. And wow. so I ended up I ended up I was an English major. I was planning on like a career in writing and maybe journalism, which I kind of got back to somehow here. <laughs> but I, but I. Um, and I just decided to enroll in massage school just to learn because I was I was trying to figure out, you know, things that I could do for it. It seemed like kind of an easy one for me. I was curious about the, you know, the anatomy part of things that I would learn and probably figured I'd get a lot of body work while I was there. And um, one of my teachers while I was, you know, working, we had we had started kind of learning some more subtle modalities. And she came up to me afterwards and said, you feel a lot of stuff, don't you? <laughs> so that was kind of the beginning of it for me. And she pretty much pushed me right into a craniosacral course out of school. Nice. So I really didn't have much of a, you know, I barely had done, you know, much with clients at that point, but almost immediately, like the first couple of days of, of class, you know, I, I, I appreciated like how, how in depth the, the coursework went into the kind of Western model, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but I, but I, you know, at, at first I, I was struggling with the feel of the, of the work and, and trusting what I, what I felt. And then like two days in, I just had a good partner that I was working with and, and she was like, wow. <laughs> so that, at that point, then, you know, that, that was kind of the beginning for me. And I was, I was fortunate that I did, I have a, had a pretty busy practice started almost right after uh, out of school, um, with friends and family and started getting, picking up a few people. So I just started asking everybody if I could, you know add a little extra time and, and work on them. And that was, you know, I was, I was very fortunate to, to have had so much hands-on time right away. Nice. Did you, did you, did you work for anybody after, after, you know, going through training or did you just start treating some, some local people? Well, I, I started treating, um, and I just got the massage license to do cranial. I never did massage. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and I went to beyond the Dura that, spring. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had had um, Chaz Perry for SCR one and two, I think. Um, and I met uh, his wife, Kat, and at Beyond the Dura. And she just came up to me and said, there's one spot left in the Dolphin Assisted Therapy Program. Go sign up now. And wow. I did. And I've been following that program and I worked with uh, Integrative Intentions and because um, Chaz and Kat were the, one of the first people who started doing the clinic treatment, like the week-long clinic yeah. that happened at Upledger yeah. um, in Indiana and other places. Okay. So I started doing that right away. Uh, I hadn't even been practicing a year. I was still taking classes and I went to about five of those a year. Wow. And that made that made a huge difference because I was working with, you know, 30 to 40 therapists who were experienced. And yeah, had makes been, a huge difference. You know, worked with Dr. John and, and we had these clients that we'd work with um, five hours a day for five days. Yeah, that's and that's also another experience. And, and I don't always get to do that as much in, you know, my 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 practice. Every, mm -hmm. every once in a while, I, I have somebody who's like in a, in, a, in a little bit more of a crisis and I might do, you know, day after day treatment with them, but not, not in, in that sort of way with, with that kind of group of people. That's got to be amazing. It is. It is. And the multi hands is, is always, you learn so much. Yeah. Yeah. You just learn so much yeah. um, by listening to other people and, and listening to the dialogue and seeing what's happened, feeling what's happening with the client. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so, and so did you, with, when you, when you were, you know, heading the, the, the cruise ships or captaining, I guess you were right. Did, did you have any like in the water experience at that point with, with dolphins? No, we weren't <clears throat> allowed to get in the water. Okay. In fact, you're not allowed to get in the water with the dolphins and you're not allowed to feed them, which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. But they would come up to the boat. Um, and when they would be a new baby born, we could see it because they jump and they celebrate. Mm. Oh, wow. And then about two weeks later, um, they will bring the baby over to the boat. Um, and cause we were there, you know, three or four times a day, every day, pretty much all year round. Yeah. So they knew the boats. We had three yeah. boats yeah. And, uh, and they would 
sometimes that you know they'd bring the baby over close to the boat to introduce us to the baby and the baby to the boat such an amazing thing there that that their their need to connect i i, I watched a couple of videos on on uh through i think i think they were upledger videos about the they're they're kind of wanting to to like it's 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 almost kind of a a relationship that they're trying to build and that even when they're in the water with you know with with people um that it's it's part of their own healing experience that, that we, that's the that's the one thing that sort of you know surprised me about that dialogue yeah can you tell me a little bit about about what your experience was when you first started you know being in in the water with dolphins with, with the education Sure. Uh, so I went. I went down to that class um, that first year in 2004, and at that time we had a boat, the Dolphin Star. Upledger had a boat, so Dr. John had asked me to go down and and uh, do this class and see if I wanted to run the boat for him. Okay. And after the four days. Um, I, I didn't want to be on the boat. I wanted to be in, in the water with the dolphins. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was just such a, there's such an excitement and it is, it is both ways. They're excited to see us as much as we're excited to see them. Yeah. Um, they love being with us and, and, you know, sometimes they're playful, sometimes they're serious. Um, and they're always when they work with the clients in the water or the students in the water, um, they always focus on something that we've been working on already, mm. class um, or on the table. Um, so it's it's really interesting to see, um, you know, where they go with the client and also to learn and feel what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. How how long ago was that that first the experience for you, with with the dolphins? Two thousand four. Two thousand four. Two thousand four. Yeah. And 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 did you did you have that sense from them right away that they were that they were really honing in on something when you were in the water with them? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean at first just just meeting them and getting in the water was exciting. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd had a little bit of dolphin contact in the water. And then I'd been around them a lot on the boats. So it's just interesting because as craniosacral therapists, what we see and feel, um, <clears throat> it's that's how they live. That's where they live. Right, right. You know, they live on that. They don't have the mass. They don't have the face. They don't have the behaviors that humans do. They they live in, in that place. Yeah. Um, you know, they communicate telepathically. They play, they take care of each other. And just to see them, you know, get serious and help people mm -hmm. um, was really profound. And, yeah. and just, I think, to have the experience, I mean, you and I probably have a lot more of this experience than most people do on a daily basis because we're, we're entering into this relationship with someone and their body in a very quiet space. We're dealing with biorhythms within people's bodies, which I know sounds a little out there, but basically we're working with this, with this cerebrospinal fluid tied within the body and the way it relates to the, you know, the, the other, you know, physical, uh, you know, flow systems of the body with the fascia and everything. And so we get a pretty good sense of like the, the vibrational quality of bodies, of the, of the rhythms of bodies and that kind of stuff. And, and like you're saying, that's, that's the space they live in all the time. I mean, that's their, they, they're, they're not processing in, in, in any other way except for at that level. Right. And, right. and, and so when, you know, when, right. when we, when, when we, I mean, there's something about having that experience that I think would be a very important thing for just about anyone on the planet to, to know that, that's like that 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 very you know base level of the intelligence of life on the planet that that i think most people most people don't get to have that kind of experience you know day to day we're so stuck in this fixing monkey mind kind of mentality <laughs> that we can't really drop down into that yeah. level which is what you know you, you and i are kind of engaging people with daily to to be in that space but i'm just curious i'm about like you know 
what happens to you then when you have that experience, you know, with an animal on that level? And I think it can happen with, you know, people have that experience, I think, with their pets at home, with, you know, horses and, and those kinds of things as well. But I'm, I'm wondering if there's, if there's anything different and, and unique that you've picked up about that dolphin experience. Yeah. <laughs> because you're in the water, there's a whole, a whole different flow. You know, like nature and woods and forests and plants and horses and dogs and cats and all the animals that um, we work with or play with. Um, there is that that loving connection. Um, and then you add water to that and there's just a flow. Like sometimes one or two of the dolphins will just just go under the whole group of us standing in the water, that we're standing in the water supporting the clients, mm -hmm. holding them in the water. Yeah. Um, and it's very salty, so they float easily. Okay. And the dolphins will just go under and they'll, in, in a very smooth, beautiful, flowing way, and they'll blow bubbles all the way along. And what people say afterwards about the experience that they had you know, not only are we there participating and watching the experience, but then we get to hear what people say afterwards about what they were experiencing lying in the water with their eyes closed. Mm -hmm. uh, and they'll sometimes they'll just be away from the whole group and they'll be using the melon and they'll just send the sonar. They'll make waves, they'll jump and and make ripples. It's like really everything they do is purposeful, even if it's playful. Yeah. And and there's and what, what I think people don't realize about that part is that there's an energetics to to water, you know, in and by itself, right? We the the, the power that the physical power that a wave can make, obviously we see it in in its extremes with hurricanes and stuff, but but that those little ripples, I mean we we see them happen on the table with people where <clears throat> a little shift will happen and sometimes there'll be a vibration or a, you know kind of a looks like a little muscle spasm and release that kind of shakes through the body but in the water there's much more of a flow state and on a table you're kind of you have the barrier of the table that doesn't allow for this sort of like you know flowing kinetic movement to happen but when you're in water that stuff is just moving right through you as we are you know mostly comprised of water right yeah and that's that's one thing, because we also do sessions in a pool or sometimes in the ocean. And as we're learning how to work, to, to be in the water and treat in the water. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things can happen because you can move your body any way you want. Yeah. You know, yeah. the body can release in, in any way that it needs to. You know, sometimes people will roll or do somersaults. And sometimes we'll just be lying there a student will just be lying in the water and the support people will just start moving the the bodies just move right uh, right right <laughs> that's cool so, yeah it's so much freer um than being on the table yeah so so when 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 dolphins uh, are i've seen the some of the video where the dolphins kind of approach with their rostrum is there is there something really specifically that they're finding by being, you know, I mean, they were like nose right at the, you know, head sometimes, right? Yeah. Is, is there something that they're, that they're trying to get a sense of? Is that part of them treating? Because it's I, from, from what I've heard, it sounds like the therapists in this role really try to re stay, stay out a little bit more, right? We're, we're not quite as interactive as we might be in a, in a traditional craniosacral session. Right. <clears throat> Basically we're the support therapists and we're allowing the dolphins to be the lead therapists. Mm -hmm. And yes, they do use the rostrum and sometimes they'll come up and they'll make all sorts of little noises, um, high pitched or low pitched or, you know, up and down. And the, what the people in the water explain later is what they felt going on, um, from that interchange, yeah. you know, with the dolphin and the rostrum. And um, sometimes they'll just put the rostrum right, like up over your shoulder and 
put their whole head on a shoulder or chest or and that's the area that the person has been complaining about and is there to see if they can get help with so many so many things happen um and some of them playful and and you can tell when they're serious and when they're you know playing and sometimes if a person is really serious they'll play to lighten them up ah. you know they're always trying to lighten everything up and you know because we're so serious <laughs> and, and um, you know that it, it's just beautiful to see to see that. I, I love that. I mean, even just thinking about, you know, what the, what the healing process is and how play needs to be sort of part of that. I mean, I, I, I try to be, even in my sessions with people, I try to use humor quite a bit or try to use lightness or tell mm -hmm. stories or something sometimes just to kind of like shift the focus when someone's, when someone's gone through a, a lot of, you know, health issues, um, you know, particularly things that are, that are, you know, sort of hard to get a, a handle on like Lyme disease or something like that, where it's like, there are a lot of little things that are sort of getting thrown off with the body. There's GI stuff, there's physical sensations or pain involved. The, it, it can be, it can get to a place where you're just so focused on, on trying to heal all these different things at one time that we forget about what play does in that equation. Right. And, and, and dolphins just have this real natural sense of it. And on, like, like we were saying earlier, I think on some level, they're also, they're, they're in their own healing process. They're, they're they want to, you know, co-heal with us. Right. That, that, that's that. And that, that is kind of, I think another aspect of, of healing that's important. I mean, and, and definitely in our day-to-day -day practices, right. That, you know, doing the work and being with the work with people is also part of our own healing process. Yes. For, for the therapist to get on the table, that's, that's a big part of what we do. Um, we have to do our own work. We have to. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Because you can't treat other people if you're all stopped up in your own stuff. Yeah. You know. So can can you can you give me any any like uh, stories or anything? I, I've read some things about how the dolphins are also kind of good diagnosticians being able to kind of find things that are going on with people. And then, you know, sometimes it gives the therapist a clue to like pay attention to, a, you know, something specifically like they might pick up on a heart arrhythmia or something going on in the body. Have you had that, that kind of experience with them? Yeah. One, um, <clears throat> there was a woman in one of my early classes who had a, some kind of blood disorder that, that nobody could figure out. Hmm. And, <clears throat> she really came to the class as kind of a last resort. Yeah. Um, and one of the dolphins, a, a dominant male at the time, came up to her and gave her a pretty good nudge in her shoulder. And then it, it turned out when she went home that the whole issue with the blood and I, I don't remember what the diagnosis was but that it, it cleared up and she just began to heal after that they do that a lot we've had some special needs children who come down to mm. the or or you know terminally ill children um and to at first they're kind of afraid because these are big animals yeah they, yeah they're 900 pounds. That's what or, I was going to ask. Is, is is there any sort of danger ever? No. Okay. Yeah. No, these are these are wonderful, you know, beautifully kept dolphins. They're dolphins in human care. And the trainers are extremely fond of them. Yeah. And they have a wonderful relationship. They have a, a nine-acre lagoon that is their home. And they also get to go out into the ocean every day if they want. Okay. Um, for just what they call straight line swimming. Yep. Uh, so they can just go for as long as they want. Because they need the exercise, basically, right? I mean, that's sort of also what keeps them well. <laughs> I right. imagine. Right. Yeah, and that you know, just getting out, they are kind of afraid of the sounds, especially the young ones are afraid to go out because they they're not used to the boat sounds yep. and stuff. Yeah. 
You know, they were raised in this huge, quiet lagoon. Supported, yeah. Yeah. But um, they do try and encourage them to to go out into the ocean and and have that. And sometimes they'll um, have an encounter with a a wild pot of dolphins. Mm. And, you know, they all intermingle and get along. that's That's amazing. Yeah. But they always come back. They um, during the hurricanes, they legally have to let them loose. They have to let the gates open yeah. because if the water were to drain out of there, they wouldn't have anywhere to yeah. go. And they always they always come back. They're always waiting right there when the when the trainers come back. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's their home. You know, they're well fed. They're well cared for. They love the interaction with humans. Yeah, um, and you know, that's their home. What, what, what do people come, you know, like people seeking, you know, that experience with the dolphins is, is there, are there specific things that, that people tend to come for? Um, is it, it does it feel to you kind of on, and more in the like physical realm, the more mental, emotional or kind of spiritual, you know, experience that they're, that they're looking to seek. And is there anything that you've seen it be like particularly helpful with? Yeah, all of the above, really. Um, one thing people come for is they, they've always had the dream of swimming with the dolphins. Mm-hmm. Um, so we hear that a lot. But it's pretty much the same as with craniosacral therapy. You know, we work with um, PTSD. We work with car accidents. Um, concussion mm-hmm. is a big one. Um, cancer. Just anybody who is has that big change in their life, whether it's a healing crisis or an awakening or a divorce or yeah. you know a big yeah. life change, yeah. losing mate or a parent or yeah. a child. Um, so it, it's pretty much the same thing we see, and most of the people who come down are clients of a craniosacral therapist in their country. Mm-hmm. So you know. Every now and then, somebody just finds us online and and shows up. Yeah, you know? yeah. But um, and yes, that the we have a meeting at the beginning of every week, and then we have a meeting every morning for people to talk about their experience and ask questions, and and then we have a meeting at the end. And the the difference between the beginning meeting and the ending meeting is is always uh, yeah. profound, yeah. you know, just profound. And, yeah. and everybody falls in love with the dolphins. Yeah. They're, they're so loving and fun and kind and they, and they meet everybody where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody is serious and wants to fix this, then that's what they'll do. And if somebody just wants to, you know, lighten their heart and, and play with them and, you know, that's what they'll do. Yeah. It's 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 it sounds a lot like our courses in some ways. It's like our <laughs> when we when we come together at the beginning of the class compared to what the end of the class ends up looking like, right? With the, <laughs> the relationships that get built, yeah, and exactly. and I and I think it is that it it is the connection. I mean that those that that connection is kind of the bridge out of these you know very challenging periods. Sometimes a stressful period or a time of transition, right? I mean we I I've done a lot of work with because um, I work with I treat newborn. I've done a lot of work with adoption and fostering, you know, with parents. And I, I, I always find it to be like one of the most amazing experiences that, you know, th- they're living with the, the child all the time, right? But when they bring them in for a, a treatment and they kind of get to be there, and sometimes I'll get the parents involved and have them be a little hands-on with me. And I, and I do feel like I'm just creating this bridge into the family in some way, right? I'm just, I'm just trying to like support that, you know, cause we don't know, we don't always know what happened with that, you know, child in transition. So, you know, I'm always thinking about, I'm trying to bridge this transition and, and create this, you know, kind of, you know, nice warm space for them to sort of, you know, maybe, maybe to shed some of the stressors and anxiety that have been kind of built up in their system. But I also feel that with the parents, I can just see the letdown happen in their, in their bodies. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like people feel safe and they feel loved and they feel part of, 
you know, so there is that connection. And then there's this, this extra added special connection with the dolphins who are, who are so open and loving and accepting Mm -hmm. that, you know, there's not that, that wall and that fear and that, oh, well, you know, that we have as humans so much. Um, And a lot of people come back just to see a particular dolphin that they've just had such a connection with. Wow. And, and to be part of, you know, part of the, you know, humanity that we are in all the time, but then also part of, part of this natural world that we lose connection with so, so easily. I mean, when I, when I, I lived in New York for 13 years, so that was always one of my struggles there was that I, you know, you're, you're on concrete and, you know, sidewalks and stuff all the time. You start to, unless you really, you know, make the effort to get out, you know, and, and immerse yourself in nature, you start to forget about the fact that you're actually living on a planet. <laughs> so that's, it feels like, you know, to, to, to have that relationship with an animal, you know, we, we, we might have them in our homes, you know, but if we're in an urban environment, we don't, we don't necessarily relate our pet to, to nature. But when you're floating in water with a dolphin, it's got to be a pretty profound, you know, sense of that. It is. It is. It, it, it's a bigger, you're not even aware that you're floating in the water with the dolphins. You're just in a, in a space, <laughs> yeah. in a big space. Yeah. And, and to see these, these kids who are at first can be, you know, not so sure and frightened, but especially with some of the nonverbal kids, mm-hmm. they just start expressing. Uh, they just start making sound and the dolphin come up and mirror their sound. Is that right? So the, the child will, you know, make the sounds that they can make and the dolphin will come up and make that exact sound back to them. And then this conversation begins. Yeah. It's we're all in tears, you know. <laughs> oh my God! Well, I, and and that's that's the that's what's amazing to me is you know and, and dolphins aren't the only creatures that that can you know respond in this way. I have we have a cat who likes to mimic our used to mimic our our, our daughter's sound when she was a baby, like to get the to get attention. I think sometimes, right? But but that but just that mm-hmm. that these animals. Are, are seeking that that connection that they're that they're putting that effort into you know m- making a connection with this this little person is kind of an amazing thing and and the why yeah. you know the why for me yeah. is like I, I <laughs> that's that's probably what brings the tears right <laughs> yeah well it's it's pretty clear that they they see or feel that this child needs to be heard and they're just there yeah letting letting them know that they're hearing them you know by by talking back and and the, and it's the and the parents too are are just thrilled yeah you know just thrilled so that then and, and that that's the instinct that that's their that that's their instinct i mean i guess not every animal has that instinct to to want to be you know engaged and helpful i mean you and I, yeah. uh, as humans, have decided to, you know, we, we we picked up that part about ourselves that we need to be engaged with that, which is a complicated relationship sometimes to like, uh, I think, I can't remember who it was. I think maybe it was uh, Stan Jerome who uh, took, took a course with him, one of the first advanced courses. And he said, and he came into the class early on and said, I want everyone to realize and to acknowledge the fact that we're all in this field because we have some codependency issues. <laughs> 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 which I, I like my, my, of course, my, my initial instinct was like, what are you talking about? I'm here to help people. Right. But then you start realizing there's a lot more behind that as far as what we need, you know, in, in that process too. But I think that's, that is, there is a lot of, of that, that is innate in creatures that we, that we want to be in, you know, that's part of, that's part of wanting to be connected. It's not necessarily always about, you know, that we, that we have some major issue going on, but that, that, that wanting to help and that, it, you know, it can be as simple as, you know, mimicking somebody's, you know, expression and wanting to, wanting them to, you know, feel good about themselves. Yeah. And the dolphins have that connection in their species. Mm-hmm. You know, they're in their pod, no matter how many of them there are in the pod, they're all moving together. If you've ever seen a large pod of dolphins yeah. in, in the ocean, they by hundreds, they, they can move and they all, 
you know, there's such a flow to it, like like those thousands of birds in the mm-hmm. sky. Yeah. They all move together. And it's not a conscious thought. It's right. it's the way they be. Yeah. And you know, that that is something that humans really need to practice, you know. That's for sure. Yeah, and 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 our and I think our culture is just kind of getting further from that. We just don't have the opportunities as much to do that. And it was one of the one of the concerns I had through COVID was that people were starting to lose that physical that sense of what it's like to be physical in physical space together. And and even though we don't, you know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a musician and I I would you know have, am a regular concert goer. I like to be sort of in the crowd of people. You know, I think there's something about being in that in that space with that energy and everything that's like one of the one of the best parts for for me. But to, to, to lose that and even to lose, you know, people working in, in, in workspaces together and working from home instead, <clears throat> just feels like there's, there's some losses going on there that I think we should pay attention to and make sure that we are kind of staying in, in, in this kind of like, you know, the, 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 the innate things that sort of happen once you get used to being in, a, in a, you know, you, as you were saying earlier, you're, you're, you said they have kind of a telepathy. I think we have a lot of the same, you know, gifts. We, we just don't use them or we're, we're not required to use them as much for our day-to-day processes where, you know, they, they, they need, they need it for protection and for coexisting in a lot of different ways. Right. And even this, this small pod, like sometimes there's, there's like 15 dolphins at this facility and even within the facility where they're safe and they're fed and they have human interaction, um, they still have those behaviors. They still have those mm. uh, protective, they protect each other. Like one time there was a, a drone, you know, people had mm-hmm. sent it over and <laughs> one of the dolphins tried to jump up and, and get this drone, you know, and then <laughs> oh. when, when it like moved and flew away, they, they all just went to a, a corner away from it. And then the, you know, the trainers, took care of it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so, it's so beautiful because there's, there's newborns too that come um, and they don't, the dolphins are allowed to come into the space. They're they're not forced. They're chosen. Mm. You know, the the trainers pretty much see who wants to do what that day Mm. and, and they'll come of their own. And the space that we're in has floating sidewalks around it and then a cement platform that we stand on. Okay. And it, it drops down to 12 feet and dolphins can go and come as they please. Okay. They're, they're not stuck in there having to be with us. Yeah. They can go and jump and do whatever they want and, um, and then come back and work with us when they want. And the, when they have babies, um, <clears throat> After about six or seven months, they'll, um, because the babies stay with the mom for, yeah. and the aunts for like four years. Okay. And so they'll, they'll have the babies come in too. And the, she's not a grandmother. She's a great, great grandmother. Um, <laughs> but she would take the babies as the, as the mothers were in there, um, you know, interacting with the us and the clients. Mm-hmm. She was the dominant matriarch yeah right matriarch and she would teach the babies you know you could see she would like aim her sonar at someone and then the baby would like aim its sonar at at the same person and then she would just teach this baby and it was so beautiful to see um because we don't teach them to treat and the trainers don't teach them to treat that's amazing that's that that was one of the first things that dr john worked with was like we don't want any behaviors we don't want them um being told what to do yeah yeah we want them just to do what they do and we want to learn from them yeah that's that's beautiful is, is there any difference but i mean are there are there specific dolphins that are more inclined to come up on a regular basis and 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 when, and when other when, when the ones who don't come up as often come up is that is that usually significant in some way? Um, yes. There's there's 
some that just really love to be with us and love to interact and and help. Mm -hmm. And then there's some that ask for us to help them. Hmm. Like 50% of pregnancies do not end in baby dolphins. Right. right? Okay. Okay. So even in, even in the wild and, and especially, you know, when they're under human care. Um, so when a dolphin has lost a baby, um, there's two in particular that, that would come to us and, and mm -hmm. pretty much ask, you know, just present her abdomen and, and really ask for some help. Um, for, for, for you to interact with them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we do that, but not in the sessions, you know, or with the students. Right, right, right. Um, and then we don't, mostly we have the females who come and okay. interact with us. Okay. Um, Last year we had a couple of the young males and and yes there there was there was a specific reason it seemed like um mm. that this one male came in and worked with us during a uh, one week session and he, he made a powerful connection with a couple of people and they they felt that it was really significant that that he was there with with his energy, which is young male energy. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. Um, not harmful in any way, just, just different. And, so. and, and did it seem like the, he was coming in for some of his own needs or, or more because he felt there was a need for him? Um, hard, hard, hard to, to say. say. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he was insistent that he come in. He, <laughs> the trainers were trying to, you know, keep him out of the big enclosure. There's, there's a big, uh, floating sidewalks. And then there's the little one that we work in and he wasn't having it. He wasn't, he, wasn't, he was, coming in. <laughs> no, it's like, <laughs> Nope, I'm coming in. And, and it, and it was profound, you know, just the, the energy that he brought and the, the group that we had. And there were a couple of, of, um, 20 year old men in that group who, who obviously needed his energy. Yeah. So I think it's fascinating. Yeah. 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 The dynamics. And then sometimes like the dolphins and the trainers have such beautiful relationships, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes the dolphins, you know, just, go with the program and do everything. And sometimes they really don't. <laughs> they, they can misbehave. Yes. <laughs> are, are the trainers kind of like parents in that situation then? Is that kind of what A they little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 More like an older brother. Older okay. okay. <laughs> um, and, and they don't, the trainers don't fight it. I mean, if, if the dolphin is really not going to do this, then, yeah. then they'll say, okay, no, he's not going to do this. Yeah. And they're really good like that. They they know that there's something other than just, you know, like you are with a dog. You know, there's a there's a reason that they're doing or not doing yeah. this particular behavior. Yeah. So that's interesting too to to watch the dolphin trainer relationships. That was the one thing. I hadn't had a dog for a long time until about four years ago, five years ago. And um, I've had cats for a lot of my adult life, which, you know, they're they're such different creatures. They're very aloof. And then they come in when they, you know, when they want to, when they feel like it. And then sometimes you want to pet them and they're not into it. But with and with dogs, it's such a it's such a different kind of. I we had we hired a trainer because I wanted to make sure, like I understood, you know, them a little bit better too. And and that dogs dogs have this need to please a little bit on some level. Like they want to be told that they're good and they want to, you know, do certain kinds of things. And they and that there's an order to that that's that's important for them. That they, it's it it creates a kind of um, boundary and protection for them to know that okay my my owner is in charge now and i don't have to you know like when when i'm when i i when i travel for work once in a while <clears throat> and when i'm gone 
our dog is on alert all the time and he doesn't really get to rest. He feels like he has to protect the house. He has to like be, be constantly monitoring. And when I come back, he just comes next to me and lays down and just exhausted. Like, <laughs> finally, I don't, cause I'm, I, I'm apparently the alpha in the house. So it's interesting how that, that those kind of relationships work. Do, do dolphins feel more akin to like the, the way dogs are in that respect? Do they, do they want to please or is it, is it, is it a very different kind of animal experience? It's, it's different. Yeah, it's different. They, they can help. So they're not doing it uh, because we ask for it or we need it. They're doing it because they're able to do it. Hmm. And it, and it's, and it, to me, it seems that it's easy for them to, to share. Okay. And they do, they do get something out of it too. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say dolphins are codependent. <laughs> right. And, and are they, are they reward driven? Is it like, do, um, in terms of training, you know, because they're dolphins under human care, um, they get their fish they get a certain amount of fish every day yeah. no matter what yeah um and this fish has flown in from iceland or some place mm. and hand picked over and it's like the the, the best of the best okay um, and they know they're going to get that whole cooler full of fish yeah during the day but that is how they train them uh, with whistles and with with the reward of a fish yeah. for doing it right but that's one of the things that the dolphins kind of play along with. And if they don't want to do what they're being asked to do, you know, they don't do it no matter what the trainers. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it doesn't happen much, but, you know, it happens. And, and um, usually they, they love to play. So they, they love to, you know, go and do the jumps and do the mm -hmm. stuff, and swim with the, tourists and you know all this stuff they they like to do that because yeah. it you know and every now and then it seems like yeah maybe they're sort of bored and yeah. and stuff and that's why they like us so much because we're like a whole new you know a whole new group with with whole new interesting stuff going yeah. on and a, and a different kind of energy and maybe that's part of the draw like the the reward for them to, to to be part of the healing process, if they're if we if we're going to say there's any reward for them, is that 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 energetic interaction that they get to you know you know have that that feel for. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's really much. it's it's it's, and and also that how how long do you know have 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 has this kind of interaction been going on as far as dolphins have have you is it anything you've studied as far as like when you know, the, the training or the, the therapeutic, you know, aspect of dolphins, how, do you know how long, how far back it goes? It goes back pretty far. Um, I mean, there's lots of stories. If you start looking back of, you know, dolphin dog connection, dolphin boy connection, dolphins rescuing people mm, Yeah, and yeah. in Australia um, and Ireland, they have dolphins that just come wild dolphins that just come hang out at yeah. the beaches and interact with people. Yeah. So that's probably been going on for centuries. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. I think so. Um, back in Egypt, there were little tunnels just where the water could come all the way in. Mm -hmm. And they, one person was, was thinking that, that they had dolphins that, that came into the pyramid or the house or whatever it was. Wow. And, they just had access that way. They just had their channels that they could come in. So there already was this sense of being able to, you know, domesticate a little bit that 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 relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or just just communicate with. They're just smart. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> They're smart, and they have a lot to teach us. Yeah. And as as I would say, a lot of animals do. I mean, I think we've yeah. we've we've become you know sort of dominators of nature as as humans because of our opposable thumbs and our <laughs> our brains and stuff. But I don't think we're necessarily smarter than you know these these creatures either. I've always kind of taken that point of view. If I'm and I, and I and and animals know too. I mean, I think that's that's one of the things that I've you know experienced. And I've done some treating of animals too, but. 
you you have to really just meet them at that place. I feel it's, it's very similar with babies, to be honest. You know, yes. I don't yeah. I don't go into treating a baby thinking this is this is a less than creature. You know, I I feel like I'm immediately going to drop down to whatever that level is and where where they need me. I, I probably like dolphins too. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just feel I just find that that's kind of where I I get things to happen. And if I'm not in that space, you know, babies pick up on that right away. You know, and it's been interesting too with working with masks. You know, I didn't until three years ago. I didn't I didn't treat babies with masks, and so to see the you know even to see that they still you know they still look for connection. I still get smiles wearing a mask. That's not something I would have expected. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks so much for for sharing this with me. And part of the reason I wanted to talk to you too is because I I, I really want to come down there. So yes. <laughs> I, I, and, 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 you know, we've been talking about kind of getting me to, to the Institute for some things, and maybe this will just be an excuse for me to come down. And, and if, if, if next winter is anything like this winter has been in Minneapolis, I'm definitely out of here. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and the thing to do is, is to come to a class and then stay for a therapy program. Okay. Uh, or if you have a client who wants to come as a client. Yeah then you can come for free and just um, you have to take a couple classes before you can actually be a um, support therapist. But gotcha. if your client's there, you can come to the program and be there with your client and you can work on your client. Oh, that's good to know. That'd be great, actually. Yeah. And, I, and it'll be yeah. nice to, to hang out with you and meet you in person, too. A good excuse. Yeah, yeah, look forward to it. All right. Th thanks so much for taking the time to do this, Anne. I really appreciate okay, it. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you. And Worcester, folks. There's something about the gentleness and the curiosity of dolphins that's always drawn me into them. The conversation we just had here gave me more than a nudge to get down there and learn more about them and hopefully have an opportunity to interact with them. It was also a great reminder of the simple, loving, accepting relationships we have with creatures on the planet, including the ones we've domesticated to live with us in our homes, and of the respect that they deserve. If you love the dialogue and resource you get here at Highwood Health, maybe you'd like to become a health amplifier. While this show is a labor of love for me, your contributions are incredibly helpful for helping us build the content that we've been creating since 2017. You can become a sponsor for the price of a cup of coffee by going to patreon.com forward slash highway to health. Your support's greatly appreciated. Let me know what you thought of this topic and conversation. You can reach out to me anytime at jeremy at highway2.health. Thanks for listening and for all that you do. Be good to yourself, be kind to each other, and take care of your planet. Be well, my friends. <laughs>